This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, the title tonight is this. It's called Fight the Good Fight of Faith. Now, that's not something clever that I came up with on my own. It is, in fact, a wonderful Bible verse. But we're talking about fighting the good fight of faith. Have you ever just realized that sometimes life is just a fight anyway? Whether you were looking for it or not, it just showed up. And there's only one way that we're guaranteed to win, though. There's a lot of people fighting a lot of different fights. Some people are fighting the fights of politics. Some people are fighting the fights of this war and that war and this and that. And, I mean, that's all different stuff, whatever. But I am called to fight the good fight of faith. That's where I am guaranteed victory. Well, I don't know if I'd say guaranteed. I'll say it and I'll say it again in cursive. We are guaranteed to win the fight of faith if we're doing it God's way. And I am confident of that. Well, that's too good to be true. That's the gospel, buddy. The gospel is the good news. In fact, the gospel is this Greek word that was hardly used at all back then. It's such a rare word because it's it's such an almost exaggerated word uh, that, that the Greeks didn't even use that much because it, it's such a big time word. When you say it's the gospel truth, they're like, well, it's nearly too good to be true. That's the gospel. It is so good that you've got to believe in the impossible to realize that God is on your side. Amen. And so let's go ahead. I want to show you the main verse for tonight. First Timothy chapter six. First Timothy chapter six. I am probably going to move fast. I have about 25 minutes to preach a 45 minute sermon. So you guys hang in there with me. We are going to put this into turbo mode and fire the word of God at you. First Timothy chapter six and verse 12. I will mainly be in the New King James tonight. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12, it says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Have you made your confession of faith in the presence of many witnesses? We are loud. We are proud, we are spirit-filled, we are Pentecostal, whatever you want to call us, but we are not ashamed of what we are. And I'm telling you right now, we have made the confession, the good confession, in the presence of many witnesses, and we are not backing down. We will fight the good fight of faith. And so what I'm going to do with this verse is kind of what we did with our verse out of Second Thessalonians last week. We're going to break this verse down very quickly into three portions and see what this is talking about. All right. And so number one, the first thing I'm going to say out of this is this fight. Fight, <laughs> fight. The devil is not shy about what he wants to do to you, to your family, to your town, to your country, to whatever that he wants to do. But listen, there's a fight going on and ignoring it doesn't make it go away. Now, you know, if you ask Katie, I'll be honest, I'm kind of one of those guys like I'm cool to just sweep my emotions under the rug. Turns out most women don't like that very much, all right? I don't know if guys can say amen to that, but listen, uh, she, she wants to talk about it, right? And, 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 and listen, when there's a fight going on with the devil, you can't stick your head in the sand like an ostrich and it's just going to go away. These guys are going to shoot you in the behind. Listen, fight the good fight. Don't roll over and play dead. Don't let the devil win. 
Now, I, I realize I'm talking to I've got some spiritual warriors in the room today. I, I listen. I am fully aware of some of the victories that we have won through the name of Jesus together in this very room. I, I look around and all I see is testimonies of things that God has done. But even sometimes warriors need a little bit of a boost. They need a little bit of encouragement and a little extra strength. All right. So I want you to turn with me to first Samuel chapter 30, first Samuel 30. And as we're turning over there, I'm just going to give you the abbreviated version of this story. Uh, while David and his men were off fighting another battle, uh, the Amalekites come and they and they uh, just they they annihilate the village. All right, they come in and they steal all their goods. All right, they steal their their possessions. They kidnap the women and children, and then they burn the rest of the village to the ground. So David and the boys come back from battle. They roll up on this and all they see is smoke coming out of the ground. And of course, they're like, well, what's going on right here? This is a scary thing. All their stuff's gone. Their wives, their kids are gone. Their goods are gone. And the men become so angry, so distraught that they spend a while crying and weeping over their loss. But then they look at David and they blame him. This is your fault. And they begin to talk of killing their leader. And listen, there's a whole lot of people that they will turn on the very one that has brought them through thick and thin. The very one that has brought them through battle after battle. They'll turn on their leader when things get bad. Don't do that. Don't turn on Jesus, of course. And don't turn on your spiritual leaders just because some trouble comes along. First Samuel chapter 30. I'm going to just go down to verse 6. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David, they're, thinking, they're talking about killing him. What did he do? He strengthened himself in the Lord his God. The King James says he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And I believe that's an even better definition right there. David strengthened and he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Now, if you've been in this thing very long, it's really nice when you've got somebody else that'll come and do the encouragement for you. You're having a down day and, and all your friends show up and just encourage you and, and lift you up and, and pick you up and dust you off. That's great. That's wonderful. But that doesn't always happen. And sometimes when you're in that spot, you can either get mad at all your friends. Well, where are they? Uh, find out who your friends are, blah, blah, blah. Don't say dumb stuff like that. Do what David did. He took it upon himself. He's like, you know what? No one else is going to encourage me. I'm just going to encourage myself. That is a whole other level of spiritual maturity right there. When you can say, you know what? I don't even, I, that's fine. I don't I got this. I'm going to go straight to the Lord myself. I'm going to strengthen and encourage myself in the Lord, my God. Well, how do you encourage yourself? That's a good question. Thank you for asking that. Let's look over at Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Because David wrote Psalm 119. It is the longest chapter in the Bible. But it's a it's an awesome chapter of the Bible. And the entire thing, it's a Hebrew poem that David wrote, but the entire thing is about how much David loves 
the word of God. He calls it a lot of different things in there. He he may call it the law of God, uh, the decrees of God. He says the word of God. He says your righteous statutes, your the commands of God. He uses all these different synonyms, but the whole thing is referring to the word of God. And so David had a lot of success in life. I mean, that's let's just get real. David had a lot of success, but David also had a lot of troubles and battles that he had to win. And so I look at this guy and I'm like, well, he did something right. I need to find out what it was that he did. And so David says, I, I, I encourage myself, the Lord, my God. How did he do it? Psalm 119 and verse 28 in the NLT. David says, I weep with sorrow. But what? Encourage me by your word. Well, how did it, how, where did he go for encouragement? He went straight to God. I may be weeping with sorrow right now, but Lord, I'm coming to you. Encourage me by your word. And I am here to tell you tonight that the word of God will bring you encouragement, but you've got to go to it. You can't just leave it sitting there on the shelf and, and it, 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 just sitting there closed on your coffee table. It, that doesn't encourage you just sitting there. You've got to go to the word yourself. Well, yeah, but I wanted Pastor Dave to preach it to me today. And I wanted Pastor Samples to come over and to deliver the word to me. And we would love to, but sometimes it doesn't work that way. You've got to go to the Bible yourself, open it up, and encourage yourself by the word of God. And that's what David did. David loved God's word so much that he was obsessed with it. Look at verse 52, Psalm 119 and verse 52. I love this verse, Psalm 119 and verse 52. And when you are somebody that loves the word of God, when you begin to be obsessed with it, all right, and and you're never going to be too obsessed with God's word. But listen, it's really hard to get discouraged if you've been spending a lot of time with Jesus. Have you ever been around somebody that's just nonstop positive? They are always up. It seems like they never have a down day. I like to be around people like that. They lift me up and make me feel better. But think how much better it would be to be around Jesus, and you can be every single day. Psalm 119 and verse 52, David said this, I meditate on your age-old regulations. Oh, Lord, they what? They comfort me. Well, what are the age-old regulations? He's talking about the Word of God, the law of God. He meditated on those regulations. Well, well, what does that mean? What does meditate mean? Well, a lot of people don't, I found out, don't actually know what meditate means. I say that word and you think of somebody sitting cross-legged and, you know, saying weird things and chanting themselves, whatever, you know. And, and, and that, that's not the Bible definition of meditation. The Bible definition, the Hebrew definition, it means to repeat something to yourself. And so when I say meditate the word of God, I'm telling you to get a verse in your heart and just keep speaking it to yourself over and over. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's meditating the word of God. And so David said, I meditate on your age old regulations. I meditate the word of God. Oh, Lord, it comforts me. And so David would literally, by his own writing here, this isn't a stretch, David, according to his own words right here, would repeat and speak and keep going over the word of God to himself. In fact, Joshua 1.8, the Lord told Joshua to meditate in the word day 
and night. And then he said, Joshua, you will have good success. And so if you want to be a successful Christian, a major key that the majority of Christians don't get is the key of meditation. And again, I'm not talking about sitting around humming and doing this. I'm talking about repeating the word of God to yourself. Do that. I challenge you. Become a meditator of the word of God and watch what happens in your life. You will be encouraged all the time. You will, the devil will come and try to bring something to you. You'll just shoot it down right away, man. Man, you can't threaten me with poverty. God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna give that thought any time. Meditate the word of God. And that's what David did. And so, when you're going through difficult times, when you've got a fight on your hands, you can view it one of two ways. You can view it as a chance to quit or as a chance to grow. You've got, you know, a storm comes, a fight comes, a battle comes. I can view this as, you know what, this is where I split. This is my perfect chance. I've been looking for a way to quit. You can go that route. Or this could be a great opportunity for growth in your life. Now, listen to me. Here's the heart of what I'm saying. So please get this. Difficulties and troubles, they don't give you faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10, 17. But depending on how you respond to the difficulty, you can help your faith grow stronger in the fight. Now, the fight's not what's going to give you faith. You've got faith from the word of God, but fighting back and overcoming That is a chance for your faith to grow and get stronger. It's not the trouble that makes you stronger. It's your response to the trouble and how you use it. And, you know, we've used this example a lot, but in the physical realm, simply purchasing a weight set and looking at it and saying, I'm the proud owner of this weight set that will not make you stronger. You got to do something with it, right? Just purchasing a Bible and and, and just saying, yeah, I love the Bible, but never doing anything with it, with what you know, that doesn't make you any stronger. So here you are at church. You're hearing the word. We're trying to pump this into you as much as we possibly can. And then trouble comes along. Oh, man, I thought that I would never have any trouble. No, this is your opportunity to use some of what you've been taught. Amen. James said, consider it joy when trials and troubles come your way. This is your chance to use your faith and to push back. And when you push back, that's when muscles begin to grow and your faith is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger if you'll keep hearing the word of God. And so even if it's something as simple as just simply speaking the word of God when trouble comes. You know, you a family member wants to have a good old argument. You know what? Speak the word of God. Someone at, at work wants to give you a hard time. Start speaking the word of God. The devil wants to come and try to hit your health. My gosh, speak the word of God. You have got to get this. You have got to get this in you. As a child, my parents took this so seriously I am not exaggerating. Literally, every time my dad would even sneeze. I'm not exaggerating. 100% of the time, if he had a sneeze, he would say, by his stripes, I've been healed. 1 Peter 2, 24. 100% of the time. 100% of the time. And as a kid, I'm like, man, what's going on here? You know, he'd have, you know, maybe have a, excuse me. 
by his stripes I am healed. Every single time. Why is that? Because this isn't just something we talk about. We base our entire lives off of this. You speak the word of God, you meditate the word of God, and then any time the devil even looks like he's trying to knock on your door, you instantly answer, and you will start seeing victory after victory from faith to faith, all right? So number one, fight. Number two, the good fight. Fight the good fight, all right? And so let's look at the second Corinthians chapter two. Is anybody having a good time? Thank you. All right. <laughs> what was that? All right. <laughs> All right. Make me spill my water on myself. All right. Second Corinthians chapter two. Let's look here at verse 14. Now, man, this is a fire verse. This is a fire verse. I'm going to the King James on this. Second Corinthians two fourteen. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Man, that is the gospel. That is good news right there. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. That's what I'm talking about when I say, I guarantee a win every single time if I'm fighting the battle in Christ. I'm telling you, I've had some losses I've picked up the L a few times in my day. I have not won every fight, but I can say this. Anytime I look back and I've lost the fight, it was when I was doing it in my own strength, relying on my own understanding, trying to make things happen in my own power. And I can honestly, I can look back and say, you know what? I wasn't doing that in Christ. I wasn't trusting in the Lord with all my heart. I was trusting in me with all my understanding and I lost, but Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Here's another winner for you. Romans 8.37. Flip over there. Romans 8.37. Amen. Romans 8. And these are, these are some, you need to have these on speed dial. These are just, I'm just, I'm serious. These are some no-brainers. You've got to have these in your, in your collection, whatever you want to call it. These have got to be right there on the tip of your tongue. Romans 8.37. We'll read this in the King James also. Gonna realize most of the verses I have memorized, even though I've used the NLT for 15 years now, most of my memorization is in the King James even still. Romans 8 verse 37, it says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Now I've said it before, I'd be glad to just be a conqueror. Man, there's some pretty tough dudes that were conquerors. That'd be great, but The Bible didn't stop there. It says we are more than conquerors again. How through him that loved us, not through me, not through. Well, I'm educated, not through. No, through him that loved us. And so we don't always know how or when, but we do know that we always triumph in Christ and we are more than conquerors. So I'm flipping you all over the place. Okay. Back to 1 Samuel chapter 30. I should have just told you to stay there. 1 Samuel chapter 30. I'm trying to cram this in here. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Let's get back to what happened. So David, his guys, they turn on him. They want to kill him. And so instead of running and, and, and hiding, he encourages himself in the Lord. Most likely, he began speaking 
Scripture to himself. Obviously, it would have been Old Testament scripture and promises. He begins encouraging himself, probably singing, probably worshiping, definitely speaking the word. And so they go back. You know, he gets fired up. He gathers the troops. and They're like, we're going to go back and we're going to get our stuff. We are going to fight. We are not going to let the Amalekites get away with this. We're going to get our wives, our kids. We're going to get our possessions. We are going to put up a fight. And that's what I'm talking about. Some of you, the devil's stolen stuff, and you're just like, well, we'll just take the loss on that. Don't do that. Go get your stuff. Go get your stuff. And so they head back there, and on the way, they find a young Egyptian man that had been a slave to the Amalekites. Well, he became sick, and the Amalekites are like, yeah, he's disposable. So they just leave him in the desert to die, and they head, they go to where they're going. Well, David stumbles across this guy, and you better bet this guy was like, oh, I'll tell you exactly where they went. He wanted revenge. And so David takes care of the guy. And the guy that they were going to just discard leads David and the army directly to where the Amalekites were camping out. First Samuel 30, verse 16. It says, and when he had brought him down, there they were spread out over all the land, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. Then David attacked them from twilight until the evening of the next day. That is some fierce fighting. We're talking about a full day and a half of fighting these guys. David was ticked off. So he fights these guys. Not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode away on camels and fled. So David recovered all. Somebody say all. All that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. Okay, don't get two wives, but just, (laughs) but if you do and someone steals them, go get both of them back, alright? And nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, son or daughter, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. So what am I getting at? Fight. But right here, the good fight. What's a good fight? It's one where you go back to the enemy and get every last thing that he stole from you and you refuse to let it go. That's a good fight. I don't like a fight where they're like, well, it was really close, but he lost in the end. That was a good fight. That's not a good fight. That's a bad fight. You lost. I'm talking about the good fight is the fight that you win. And David encouraged himself, and then he went and he fought the good fight. Number three of faith. The good fight of faith. Now, I'm talking to faith people today, so I don't need to explain all this, but We have to keep believing. We have to fight that fight even when it seems like nothing's happening. And a great example of this, I don't think she's in here right now, but Katie Brady, is Katie Brady in the house? Okay, I was going to use her as an example. Let's just go ahead and use her anyway, and I'll bet she's watching. But Austin and Katie, you guys know their story, and you know that when they had had their first child, what, 2013 or 14, the baby died at only a couple months old, and And it was, I mean, come on, that's a difficult thing to go through. But these two came into church, gave their lives to Jesus, never looked back. And they fought the fight for years 
And people would say, well, yeah, I mean, no one said this to me, but I'm just imagining somebody could have said, you know, guys, they, they just it's not going to happen. Somebody could have said that to them, right? And they refused to take no for an answer. And 2020, the banner year, the great year that it was around here, those two had a baby. Amen. We've got little baby Seth, and I love that little fella. He's what, seven months old now, and he's a big boy, all right? But he's growing, growing every day, and we couldn't be more proud. But I'm saying, fight the good fight of faith. Even when somebody said, well, take the loss, it's just not meant to be. Oh, it's meant to be, brother. And we are going for it, and we are going to take back what the devil stole. One last verse, and then I will just come in for a landing here. Romans 1, verse 17. Fight the good fight. Of faith. Don't fight the good fight of my intellect. Don't fight the good fight of, well, I've got a lot of money. Don't fight the good fight of, I'm super good looking. No, fight the good fight of faith. Of faith. Somebody say that with me. Of faith. That's the fight that we are called to fight. Romans 1 and verse 17 in the New King James. I didn't put this on the PowerPoint, so you just got to ad lib there. Romans 1. Verse 17, it says, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from what? From faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Well, how serious do you take this whole faith thing? Man, I live my entire life by faith. That's how serious we take this. It's everything we do. Is based off of faith. There's no way in the world that we, we don't have a single rich person in this church, that we could come up with $60,000 in one month's time, straight cash, and not have to go to the bank and say, could you give us a loan and we'll pay you back 25% interest if you'd be nice enough to help the poor old children of God out. Could you help the poor children of God? No. We live by faith. Oh my gosh, you got to get... Listen, there, there's, this is everything that we do, our entire lives. Everything we do, we live by faith. There's nothing that we, nothing we do that isn't based upon faith. Because why? Faith, you've got to believe in something that you don't see yet. You've got to believe that God's going to do something and you don't have any idea how it's going to happen. You just know that it's going to happen. And that's how we live our lives. It's a wild ride. It's an awesome ride. It's a fun ride. It's a non-stop adventure because we take a step sometimes and we don't even know, we don't even see the next piece of brick in front of us, but we're still stepping anyway, and God always makes it happen because we always triumph in Christ Jesus. And so, if you feel like, man, there's a fight going on right now, man, that's awesome. That's good news. That's great news. Why? Because now you can use your faith. Now you can fight the good fight of faith, and now you can actually do something with all this Bible you've been learning, and you are going to win if you will do it God's way. Fight the good fight of faith, and you're going to see miracles happen nonstop. Can somebody say amen tonight? All right, we'll go ahead and close down there. That is all the time that we have. Can we give God some praise together tonight? Amen. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and stand up together if we can. Praise the Lord.
What an exciting time to be alive. I mean, I say that all the time, but what an exciting time to be alive to see the work of God, to see what God's doing, man. People just filling into God's house. People getting baptized. Man, we baptized 14 people on Sunday. Listen, that's awesome. That's the, that's what I live for, man. I love this stuff. We are, you know, we are just, Katie and I are talking, we are having the time of our life right now. God is just doing miracle after miracle, great thing after great thing. Well, yeah, it's all easy. No, there's been a fight to make it happen. We've, we've, all of us as a collective HGWC family, we have been fighting the good fight of faith and we are seeing victory after victory and it is awesome, man. It is awesome. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.